Welcome to Call It Like I See It, presented by Disruption Now. I'm James Keyes, and on this episode of Call It Like I See It, we're going to discuss the increased levels of stress people are feeling in the age of COVID, and how the Rona has forced us all to deal with higher levels of uncertainty, and whether there are constructive ways to deal with this, you know, all this stress and uncertainty. Joining me today is a man who no longer needs astrology, thanks to modern technology. Tunde Ogunlana. Tunde, I understand you're enjoying your new computer over there. So could I say you found your computer, love? Yeah, it's everything I hope for. Hey, just, man. I'm a little upset, though, because I enjoy being a Pisces. So, um, <laughs> you know, you, you make me feel like I got to part ways with my ancient uh, ancient symbolism. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Now, we're recording this on July 20th, 2020. And in the age of COVID, or, you know, COVID has been with us now for a few months and it's showing no signs of slowing down. So it's definitely worth taking a look at ways that it may be affecting us in ways that may be a little more subtle and consider how we can keep our heads on straight as we continue along in this crisis. One interesting study that we saw recently was done by the University of Connecticut on how Americans are coping with the stress found um, or the, with stress that is being created by just what's going on with COVID. And it found that the loss of job or the loss of income was actually the most stressful thing about the pandemic as far as what people are feeling, more so than even the fear of losing a loved one. What's your reaction to that? That, that seems kind of, it, it, it seems, it, on first glance, it seems crazy. But then once you think about it a little bit, it seems like, okay, well, that makes sense. So what, what's your reaction to that? Uh, I think it makes perfect sense just because COVID was an unexpected disruption for everybody, uh, I think the globe. <laughs> and, um, and so whenever you have something sudden like that, um, you know, if we go through 30,000 feet and look at it from that level, um, it just clearly, it's going to create some anxiety and some different stresses on people. And um, I think a lot of it also is kind of where you were in life and what do you do for a living? Um, I think more so than maybe other um, issues that we've dealt with in our lifetimes. Let me put it that way, because I was going to say um, recessions or economic issues, but I know that this this was a health pandemic that obviously created an economic issue. So um, I guess it's just a big issue. And um, since we haven't, this is unprecedented, and it's called the novel coronavirus because it's new to kind of human experience. Um, it's a new experience for us all, and we just, you know, Again, I think if you are someone who can work remotely, maybe more of a white collar type of worker um, uh, or someone like kind of what you and I do for a living in terms of service professionals that have clients, um, we have had less of a disruption as opposed to maybe like a nurse on the front line in an ICU. I'm sure they're having an extremely negative experience this last few months. So I think part of this, this journey for all of us as a society is um, it's unique, it's new, it's scary, it's different. There's a lot of competing information and a lot of folks competing for our eyeballs and our, and our ears and minds. Um, so that creates confusion. But then also, depending on what each individual does for a living during this time, will make, make, make sure that it affects that their experience. So we're all kind of experiencing this differently, which I think adds to some of this stress because... You know, and you got social media, you got other things. So you might be in a very stressful situation, but seeing everyone around you and, and it appearing like they're chilling and that makes you more pissed off and stressed out. Or you might be chilling 
and seeing everyone around you kind of stressed and then that might make you feel guilty or, or whatever. So I just think it's a bit of a unique time for all of us because we haven't faced things like this uh, before. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think how the, the proximity of the stressors like the ones you just mentioned as far as where's your next meal going to come from or your, how you're going to pay for your groceries or how you're going to pay for your rent or mortgage. You know, we've seen people discussing rent strikes and so forth. Um, that stuff you deal with on a, on a, in a more consistent and ongoing basis than you do. If you're following the distancing guidelines, you're not going out that much. You can lower your risk. Um, if you know your, your older parents are doing the same thing, then you may worry about that less. But our economics is it's so interdependent, you know? So even someone, you know, like Tunde, you were saying like, you know, professionals who, who entrepreneurs who have businesses that don't require a lot of physical contact and everything like that, but still our clients need to, to be earning money in order to be able to use our services. So if, if things start, if dominoes start tipping, then everything can, can, can go down together. And that level of interdependence that it's, it's something we don't acknowledge all the time as a society as well, like where a lot of people will feel they're so far removed from the struggles of the people who you know live paycheck to paycheck and they won't have the, everyone's interest in mind when they're trying to do policy or when they're trying to do things. Um, but right now, what we are seeing is that we are all very, we're inter, our, our, our destinies are intertwined. Even if I'm doing very well, if my business stops selling things, then I might not be doing well anymore. Or again, on the immediate level, if you paycheck to paycheck and then the paychecks stop because people aren't going to your restaurant anymore, you know, that's, what do you do? That is crisis. That's not remote. That's not like, oh, well, if, 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 I, if somebody coughs on me or anything like that, then I might get sick. And then if I get sick, then I got a 20% chance of something bad happening. Like, so that's just like, yo, I can't pay. I might get put out on the street. So I understand it. Um, and it, it's still, though, I view it as a cascade of COVID, though. So it's still under that umbrella of COVID has created this. It's the, the, the big domino that falls down. Then all of these other dominoes start to fall. And you may feel one of the other dominoes much more, but that doesn't take away from the fact of what set them all off. Yeah. So with that, um, I wanted to discuss one of the things that, um, you know, stress is thrown around a lot. And so, and I just said, you know, like we're, we're talking stress, how people are more stressed dealing with, or, or dealing with just the day to day, how I'm going to survive, you know, again, food, uh, place to live, you know, if you got to get somewhere, how are you going to get there and so forth? You know, th those things are still stressing people out more, according to this University of Connecticut study, than the actual fear of death of a lo loved one from the actual virus. Um, what that is, is chronic stress. And, and, and so I wanted to talk about that, the, the difference between chronic stress and like the fight or flight type of stress response that we have or acute stress that may come from working out or, you know, again, the fight or flight, like a lion is chasing me. I got to run and get away. And how our body, like chronic stress actually breaks down our bodies. Um, Tunde, you, you had said that you had something you particularly wanted to reference with that. But can you speak to that in terms of just the, the ongoing nature of the stress and how that's different and how that actually debilitates our bodies in a way that, human society is not real or humans aren't evolved to handle. Yeah, man. Like I think the, you know, the typical definition of chronic when it relates to health is, you know, something that is, is not necessarily fatal immediately, but, um, but it's going to be, it's, it's, it's there. Um, and it's, and it's kind of tugging on you. And I think, uh, for a long period of time. And I think, um, 
you know, stress for most of us in the modern world uh, is one of those chronic disorders. Um, just reading some studies and preparing for today's show, it looks like, you know, the major uh, Western cultures uh, in terms of United, United Kingdom, United States um, have reported around a third of their population of adults uh, have some sort of chronic anxiety or stress. Uh, and then even in, in areas like China, um, they report around 35% of their adults suffering from similar issues of anxiety and stress. And, um, and it's interesting because one should dis uh, we should um, make the distinction between anxiety and that type of chronic stress versus a condition like depression. Um, they're actually two separate things. Um, so let's not go in the area of depression because that definitely is an important topic that um, deserves its own kind of attention um, from the emotional issues uh, that 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 cause and 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 are born from depression. But well, just the, to briefly say though, the the tie that can bind all of those is that they could be brought on by chronic stress. Uh, you know, like the, the anxiety is something that you can deal with, and anxiety is something that can be triggered in someone by chronic stress. Uh, and then same thing with depression, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, it, those those are things that can have other different, you know, there's a lot when you're dealing with in, the, the mind, um, you know, there's always a lot of uncertainty. But we do, it is observed that chronic stress, the kind of stress we're talking about here, just, and, and I guess the key point would be, um, and you've talked about this off air, where um, the, the signals that your body uh, generates the hormones and then the 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 response generated by your body to when you have certain whatever occurrence whatever something that makes your body feel threatened or makes you feel a certain way that stress is similar that, that stress response is is similar from a chemical standpoint what's going on in your body as if a lion was chasing you or as if there was some true threat to your life and it may just be somebody honking at you in the car yeah. um, and so being exposed to those types of things constantly stimuli that constantly put your body into a, almost a fight or flight type of mode um, is, is oftentimes termed chronic stress. And then that just wears your body down because it's constantly feeding itself the chemical response or, or generating the chemical response as if your life is on the line and you need to respond in that way. Yeah, no, that's a great. Um, there's a lot of um, just good information out there from uh, scientists and, and researchers that have been collected over the decades. Uh, a lot of it started with um, observing primates in their natural habitats like chimpanzees and gorillas and all that, and how they form societies and how they, they deal with stresses within their hierarchies and all that. And then extrapolating out that if, if, if the primitive version of, of a brain, let's say kind of the, the more primal version of our brain uh, in them acts a certain way, then, then, then the, the scientists, you know, the researchers have learned, you know, that's a certain base, almost like the kind of lizard, lizard brain con concept. And then we are even more complex. And so what happens is the fight or flight um, responses that, uh, let's go, like a chimpanzee brain might trigger if it's under stress from being attacked by, you know, another one of its... Uh, the, tribe members or whatever you call it, the groups, the clans, of, uh, uh, or if they have a stress from an outside predator or something, um, those create some chemical secretions and, and hormones um, that, 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 that are hyperactive and all that stuff. And that usually lasts for a short period of time, you know, a few minutes. 
uh, probably at most, because in the in in the jungle, so to speak, you know, in the natural world, you know, in a few minutes you're either dead or you got away. You know, either something ate you or 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 you're alive and you can calm down because you got away. And so what happens is in uh, our 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 uh, modern world of humanity, let's say you know, 21st century here. Um, we live in big cities. We have we have TV. We have social media. We have each other. We have electronics. All that. Um, so we think that we're so advanced and sophisticated, and we feel that way because we can dominate the landscape and dominate nature. But the reality, to your point, is we're still dealing with kind of, if I can say it, hardware and software that's been developed over you know tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years through human evolution. And the reality is. This, the same responses chemically and hormonally to stress um, take place with us as humans, but the triggers are different. The triggers are no longer the lion chasing you as a hunter-gatherer type on the plains of Africa, you know, 100,000 years ago or so. And again, within a couple minutes, you're either eaten by the lion or you got away and you can calm down. Um, what happens, the trigger might be that that email that you took a look at when you first woke up at 6.30 in the morning and now it ruined your day. It could be that text message your spouse sent you that you either misunderstood or they misunderstood you and now you guys are fighting. It could be that post you saw on social media because somebody who's on your friends list has a differing political opinion than you and that pissed you off and you, you feel your blood pressure rising. Well, and I mean, so it could be somebody cutting you off in traffic too. a lot too. of things that are hitting us all at once as human beings and it's creating a lot of anxiety and that probably doesn't bode well for society as a whole because we're raising children, we're interacting with each other and if a third of people are expressing this in major societies, probably half people are really suffering this because most people that suffer from something, or not most, I say there's a certain percentage, I don't know if it's most or not, but that might suffer something but not realize it. So we can assume then if a third of people are identifying this, probably a higher percentage actually fall under the category of being too stressed out. But what do you see as far as like what's going on in society that, that has like makes this seem like a more immediate threat to what's going on? Because again, we've been dealing with relationships and and trying to put food on the table forever. Like, how is it that it seems like we're even more stressed now outside of just COVID? I mean, because COVID is amplifying what's already there. Um, I think I think it's uh, there's probably a lot of factors that go into it, but some of the ones that that stick out to me that are glaring are, are technology. Um, I think you know we finally hit the point where technology might be moving in a way like too fast for us to adapt to uh, emotionally as a society, the way that we're using it. And by that, I mean things like social media, um, um, just the internet in general, uh, you know, the ability to have information. I mean, you know, when, when the printing press came out, that disrupted the control of the Catholic church because, you know, there was able to be uh, for the first time in, in, in European history, the ability to quickly, um, disseminate information that was different than the doctrine um, that was that was taught at that time. Now we've Up got, until that point, yeah. only the church could, disse- could, could massively dis- disseminate information. The only people that could Correct. get information out. So that and, allowed a lot of different people to get a lot of information yep. out. And, and we've seen that now in hyperdrive over the last 15 years or so because, you know, there were certain ways that societies had for sharing um, information, uh, whether important or, or relevant um, and with the internet and social media, um, that just blew a hole in the ability 
Um, not, not necessarily to control it out in a sinister way, but just to have an organized set of like message and facts. And so I think what we're witnessing here is society still trying to figure out how to deal with these new normals that have been brought to us by technology. But I think where, where we're seeing the, the deficiency in this whole system is our inability as human beings to fight um, the, the, the speed at which the machines can manipulate our minds. So what I mean by that is algorithms, um, you know, these bots that are in the, you know, the, out there that create, that keep these messages going. And what happens is going back to the, the idea of this stress and anxiety, whatever it is that to me would stress me out, there's something out there that is that that some algorithm has been programmed to figure out how to get to me. Because what has been proven, unfortunately, uh, for us as human beings is that it's kind of like the, the, the train wreck example where, you know, we're, we, we love watching conflict and, and, and things that, you know, kind of disturb us. And marketers and advertisers have figured out that that's the best way to keep our eyeballs on a TV so they can sell ads. So everything has turned into conflict. The news is now conflict. You know, our, our, our TV shows are conflict. And now social media, when Facebook came out, remember, it's supposed to be kittens and showing pictures of your kids, your high school friends and all that. <laughs> and somehow we turned that into a stressful, combative and confrontational um, platform. And... And, and it's just, you know, so it's no wonder that we, we, we have now created an environment that delivers all of these triggers, stressful triggers that trigger anxiety as our response. And to your point about chronic, so now we can't get away from being anxious because we're constantly like in, it's thrown in our face. Well, it's become our entertainment. Instead of like you have your work life and that may be stressful or your commute, that may be stressful or even a relationship that you have that may be stressful. It's like, I'm going to go to this, you know, to, to, to this website or to this, you know, a, a social media portal or whatever and become stressed. And that's going to add to my stress as part of what I'm doing for fun. Yeah, and, and, you know, so, so the leisure activity has become stressful as well. And yeah, I mean, and well, that's, just the way our, in order to make things compelling, you know, oftentimes it's presented in a horse race or a conflict type of setting. But, you know, it, it's one of those things that it's basically we're bringing this to ourselves. And then, like you said, the those platforms have been set up then to manipulate us in ways to keep us engaged. Just getting back to your comments about um, about the, the chronic nature of stress and anxiety um, and and what what that does from a physical standpoint, because we we mentioned that earlier, if, if part of that American um, the Psychological Association definition included physical changes like increase in blood pressure. Our our body is designed to handle that for a short burst. So if my blood pressure goes up because again I see that lion on the plane. Is it's meant to do that because I got to start running, and my body's getting prepared for that. But again, if if I'm in traffic and I'm stressed out. If I look at my Facebook account, I'm stressed out. I see the text message from my boss, I'm stressed out. I, I look at that, you know, my bills are high, I'm stressed out. What happens is my body is, is still behaving the same way as it would have on that plane when I saw the lion. So my blood pressure is elevated, but now going to the chronic definition, it's elevated constantly. And so what is that gonna do? That's gonna put stress on other things like my heart, 
stress may have uh, may manifest itself physically in different ways which then becomes sometimes a downward spiral because then your physical changes might create more stress for you um you know you're less healthy you put on weight and now you feel even more stressed out about that so um those are things that i think you know are very important for us to understand and i think most people is kind of like society is starting to wake up to some of this stuff yeah man i mean and as we're floating around in all this this stress all of us you know increased levels of stress due to just the environmental factors that some of which are normal and some of which we've brought to ourselves one of the things that's really interesting about it is that one of the things we we, we were looking at um in preparing for the show talked about how stress can be contagious so you you see other people stressed, you see other people being bothered or concerned about stuff, and that can bring it on to you as well. Um, and then the thing that was really fascinating to me about that was the, the in talking about COVID stress in particular and how families spend, or, you know, which may be a good thing, families spending more time together, is that stress, at, at, at parents can actually, their, their kids can sense stress in them. And that if you don't actually learn how to process that stress for the sake of your kids and, and being able to talk to them about things or, de- or just showing healthy ways of dealing with it, you actually end up teaching your kids to repress stressful feelings or to, to not be able to, to properly process emotion, which that seems very relevant to now. Cause you know, like I said, it, it's kids are spending more time at home. You know, parents are more stressed. So conceivably kids are even are picking up even more on picking up, excuse me, on even more stress uh, that parents are experiencing and, and learning whether con- whether it's purposeful or not, learning how to deal with that stress based on how the parents deal with their stress. So it, it gets compounded because the way that our society has learned to try and help us deal with this is not to say, hey, look, let's find ways to calm down, be peaceful, all that. It's saying, hey, you know what? There's a pill here called Xanax or there's a pill here called Prozac and we're going to throw that at you. So now he's throwing another chemical imbalance into someone's brain. No, that's very true. So do you have particular strategies yourself as far as how to keep you, you know, you, you, you balance a lot of important things in your day-to-day every day? And, you know, how, how do you stay balanced in terms of not internalizing or being able to process through those things that stress you out, which I think is an important way to look at it, that it's not like you're going to avoid all stress. You can avoid some, but some of it, you just have to learn healthy ways to process it. So what do you do? It's an interesting question, James, because it makes me realize as you're asking it that, you know, this is a very unique question and answer uh, thing, because obviously what stresses me out might not stress you or the person listening to this out, um, and also who I am as a human being. Uh, and and what I might need to do to deal with stress might be different than others. So let me be very um, um, humble in saying that this is, you know, what works for me won't work for everyone. And also, I think we need to point out here, we're definitely not psychologists or me- medically trained <laughs> professionals here. <laughs> we're armchair quarterbacks who've done a lot of reading and, and research and find this very interesting and, and think it's important for people to know. Well, that's so, well said, but I, I yeah. actually, I, I wanted to focus more on, you know, you yourself. No, you no, know, that's why I just want to say yeah. that I think it's important when we're trying to, we're, we're, we're kind of out here talking and giving some sort of advice is to let people know that, you know, still see somebody if you really are stressed out and feel like you need some help. Um, don't just take this uh, <laughs> as, as, as that type of instruction. But no, I think, um, like when you said uh, something about stressed out people congregate, it made me this, I wrote down this note of misery loves company. Um, <laughs> and I know that saying is pretty famous um, and I don't mean it to sound condescending, but I think that's one way I try and handle it is I don't try and be around uh, 
uh, that type of stuff, like right misery, right? and 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 people that are, um, I guess to me would be people that that bring a lot of stress to a relationship or a situation. So I, I try and shy away from, you know, those type of personalities. Um, and then also, um, you know, things like taking care of myself physically, making sure I eat properly. I mean, you know, I'm not a saint, but I, I, I try and get the right nutrition in my body um, because that will manifest itself in my physical state. Obviously I'm digesting food that, 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 that is in, in me. So if I can, if I can have cleaner, leaner food that, that runs through me quickly, doesn't cause a lot of inflammation, um, taking a walk, for example, and doing something physical on a regular basis doesn't mean you got to, you know, spend two hours in the gym or go crazy, but just walking for 30 minutes around your block or something. I mean, that can do wonders uh, for just your mind and your body. And, um, and, and having a supportive network, I think it's important to surround yourself with people that, you know, do care about you um, and, and that you can talk to openly and freely. And, you know, sometimes just little things like that and add, either adding them to your life or removing negative versions of that in your life can make huge differences. And then something specific for me, James, um, has been a couple things. One is I got off social media um, a little while ago, and that helped me a lot, um, you know, just not wasting time seeing things that did cause my blood pressure to go up and all that. And the thing is, I think it's funny, I talked to a lot of people and they were, oh, yeah, well, I, I, I'm fine with that. Uh, social media doesn't bother me. I think I, a lot of people um, don't recognize what causes stress. Um, and then another thing, for example, is cable news. You know, it's funny, we had a contractor doing some work on our house and they knocked out our direct TV line. And for a couple of days, it wasn't working. And my wife and I were like, yeah, maybe let's call, you know, AT&T, whatever. And um, after a while, we kind of realized like, you know what, it's not nice not having cable TV because with, <laughs> with Netflix and with Amazon, you know, we got enough going on. We got movies anytime. Content, can, yeah. yeah, you can stream your season shows and all that. So really, the only thing we kind of were using cable for, I mean, now we're still in this COVID period, so sports hasn't been on. I mean, I watched the NBA when it was on. Other than that, the only thing I found that we're watching uh, on cable TV was um, the news, just to get up there. You know, you kinda, we would have it running on during the day. You know, all of the three major cable networks, I like to diversify the, uh, the flow of information. But ever since it hasn't been running in my house, I mean, I just find that my, my, my mind is less stressed and, and, and I don't think about these negative things that they keep pumping into the airways and, and that you kind of just hear in the background. So I would say for me, those things have helped. And what I'd say too is they've also helped me focus more in my stuff that matters, like my business and making money and taking care of my clients and things like that. So I would say, but it's very difficult. It's like an addiction. I mean, it, it, it's, 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 that's why I say this isn't easy getting off social media or, or canceling my cable news and all that. It wasn't easy. Um, and I had to just do it, like, especially with social media. I, I actually, like, closed my Facebook account. I didn't just try and hide the app in my phone or do something like that because it's tempting to look at it. And, and, you know, obviously these companies know what they're doing with their algorithms. So those are things that, you know that uh, I, I tried and they seem to be working. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing, I think the most important thing actually is to realize that these things that it, it, you can engage in these things, but they traffic intention. And that's what you meant when you weren't watching cable news, you weren't getting them like what they, the reason they traffic intention is because that 
creates, uh, makes it compelling. That makes people want to stay. If you turned on the news or if you got on social media and it was, hey, nothing's going on here. Everything's great. You know, no need to worry. Then you turn it back off. Generally yeah. speaking. Like, so they actually, their, their business model is to traffic intention. So you have to acknowledge that first and foremost. It's just that, hey, the, t- these places, these p- either platforms or channels want to get a rise out of me. That's their objective because they know that that will, that that makes me more inclined to stay. And they want me to stay. They want my eyeballs. So if you understand that that's part of the transaction is that they're for them to create, they want to create tension in you so that you stick around, then ideally you can take more control of it. And that, I think that's the big takeaway of what you were just saying was just that you, you, if you're intentional about how you interact with these things, then maybe you can take a little bit more control of it and not just be led around by, you know, your nose basically on what you should be upset about, what you should be looking at and what you should be fearful of and so forth and allowing them to just program you in that way. And, and again, I'm not saying this is insidious. I'm saying this is profit driven, profit motive. You know, they want your eyeballs. So, I mean, I think that the biggest thing, what's been proven, you know, time and time again, is that exercise is your biggest weapon against chronic stress. I think your diet matters as well. That's another thing. Um, but you, you point out, you know, removing yourself from stressful situations as well, or things that you know trigger you. You know, and that's one of those things that require introspection. You know, you kind of have to do those self-appraisals like, hey, what is setting me off or what is making me feel a certain way or giving me, making me feel anxious? If I'm feeling anxious, I know that's that's in a result of stress. So what preceded all of that? Um, but I think just trying to be, just trying to pay attention to yourself a little bit more and and what makes you feel certain ways, what what makes you feel good, um, things like that can help a lot. For me personally, though, it's, it's exercise. Like that was what I noticed the, the most with the COVID and lockdowns and stuff when that hit a few months ago, the thing I felt the most was the fact that I couldn't go to the gym. Like, and, and it took me a while to kind of get a new normal as far as what my exercise movement was going to be, because I, I personally um, enjoy a, a certain level of intensity with my exercise. So I can't just walk and then I'm all good. Like I need a, a <laughs> little bit more, like in ter- not every day, t- not every day, not all the time, but that the feeling I get after some level of intensity and in exercise really balances me. Um, and then there's other strategies as well, though. I mean, I know people are like, one thing I aspire to do more of is meditation, um, you know, things like that. Like, so there are a lot of potential tools that can be used, but the, the prerequisite to everything is to kind of that doing that self appraisal. And as far as what's triggering you and then being intentional about those things, if you're going to continue to, to engage in a more, you know, like the, the tune day route, which would be just a, to, to, to walk away. Cancel. Cancel culture. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? It's, it's, it's funny. That's, I thought about saying that when I was going to say, so, you know, talk about my coping with it, that cancel culture. You know, there's a part of that that, you know, I know we hate to, um, I like, I, I don't want to cancel people or do that. I don't like behaving that way. But there is a part of it that is necessary if you really just want to focus. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what I mean. Like, I think part of the stress uh, or a part of uh, what causes some of us to be stressed out is that we're all, this society has us all scatterbrained. Yeah. Like it's hard to just focus. Like it's funny, even I know we joke around sometimes with our group texts with some of our friends. Like you get caught into some of this stuff, and next thing you know, you spent 30 minutes texting somebody and you were in the middle of your workday. And now I'm stressed yeah. out because I didn't get done what I had planned to do when I woke up this morning. And so it's just, you know, this. Sometimes learning how to say no is actually the most important thing. Yeah. Um, now there's 
I'm not saying you'd be rude about it, right? That's I think that's where the cancel culture might come in, that it's kind of rude to just shut someone off. But if you have friends that are texting you or things like that, you know, don't just ghost them or cancel them. But you could say, look, um, I'm, I'm starting to... I, I need I need to focus my energy at certain parts of the day. Look, I can't really I can't really answer you until after six p.m. or I can't you know whatever. And you know I've done sometimes where I just shut my phone off on the weekends, literally. And um, and you know I've got my wife and my kids at the house, so you know I, I can feel safe. But I think that's the thing, and is is a lot of people are scared to be um, like off and to be FOMO. Un- yeah, fear of missing out, correct. And I think that comes back, like you said, we're being manipulated by companies that understand how our minds are wired. And think about it, we're all social creatures. There's a reason why there's there's sayings like keeping up with the Joneses. We all compare ourselves to others. We're all hierarchical in some way, and that's just how human beings are. And that's why we form ourselves into these hierarchical societies. So a lot of people can't see themselves getting off of social media because they don't want to miss out or they don't, they feel like they won't see. And sometimes I think about it like, all right, well, what did humanity do a hundred years ago, 50 years ago, a thousand years ago? You know, we're so fortunate in our society. 20 today, years ago. I know that, that we just have <laughs> the ability to call each other or do FaceTime or have Zoom chats, you know. So do I really need to be on social media and stressed out? just so I can pretend like I can see some guy I went to high school that I haven't talked to for 20 plus years to his kid. Now, if I really care about the guy, I'm going to go out of my way to get in touch with him periodically anyway. And if well, I, don't I don't care I mean, about- I don't want to sit here and just talk yeah. about the, the social media is so bad, though. I mean, I think the, the most important part is the intentional part, because what you just pointed out is that the sa- you can get the same, you can lose the same thing from, from text messaging. I think the most important thing is to just be intentional. Like, don't be led around by these things. Don't have your phone control you. You control your phone, you know, so to speak. Like, don't have your social media account. You're not accountable to your social media account. You know, like, that. that's something that you control, if, if as long as you take control of it. So, you know, it's not something that I think the biggest issue a lot of times is is the compulsion um, that a lot of times, and again, it, it's, those these things are set up to make you feel compelled to to do to 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 engage in this repeatedly, so to be able to step back from that and to take some control over it is is very important, I think, because a lot of times, oftentimes, the the lack of control, the the feeling like you are being controlled, is stressful as well. And so, if the things you voluntarily engage in make you feel controlled, then again, you have to invert that relationship in some way. I mean, you know, tell your phone who's the boss, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So um, one less uh, serious thing um, that we we wanted to, to talk about. That seemed to get people fired up all the same, though, um, was it dealt with the Zodiac and, and the uh, that there was just circulating on the Internet. NASA had come out and, and said, actually, hey, there's 13 signs, not 12 in terms of what the actual constellations were and, and how, how what's what's present, you know, in different times of the year. And basically what what they were saying, what NASA is saying is that this is. All, all the time been known 3,000, you know, for 3,000 years. When Babylonians came up with the, the whole Zodiac, they knew it was 13, but their calendar had 12 months. So they said, well, we're just going to do 12 and we'll just omit the 13th one, which is such a human thing. I was going to say, leave it to human beings. Expedience, man. Let's just shave this off the edge here. (laughs) Not tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody will ever notice. So (laughs) so they they, they only did, they only took the 12 of them because their calendar had 12 months. And so they matched it up that way. 
Um, so now all of a sudden we have 13 signs um, and not 12 that we've had in terms of the, 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 the actual what's going on in the, in the stars. So what was, did you have any, like there were people that had really strong reactions to this, um, which that's cool. I mean, I, I, I like the, I'm not an astrologist, but this is always some, this gives people something to talk about, something to people to, that they can, can conversate about. And this doesn't have, everything you talk about doesn't have to be of life and death importance, you know? So I um, enjoy the kind of Zodiac discussions for that reason. Um, what was your take on 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 the, the now we have 13 signs and and the dates moved on a lot of these things as well yeah. um, to match them up with what's actually going on in the sky? What was your take on that? I, I found it interesting. Another um, another uh, example of science and scientific discovery, um, just helping shed light on, I guess, you know, whatever, you know, humans had thought they that we knew, you know, and I think you you've given some some funny analogies in the past that you know people used to 2000 years ago people swore they knew how lightning worked or how what made uh, you know what made rain clump come from the sky and you know they 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 thought it was sacrificing a virgin or some child or they thought it was praying to a deity or doing a rain dance and you know over time we found that it's 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 you know chemistry and physics and other scientific um, discoveries that that have led us to understand how our physical world works, and I think this latest uh, announcement by NASA, which I know is it's been the last few years, they've been they've been kind of going down this path of of kind of touching on astrology with with astronomy or uh, or research astronomy, uh, touching on astrology and, and correcting a few things. Um, it, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. And if you understand, um, the way that the galaxies and the universe and, the, and, and kind of gravity and, 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 and the way we orbit the sun and how things change over time, um, it's, it's understandable to believe that when the Babylonians who created, um, um, modern astrology, uh, created it around 3000 years ago, when they looked at the night sky, that, there is, it, it's, it's not unrealistic to believe that the position of certain planets, um, stars, and so forth were just different from, from where they are today. And that'll change, you know, the, the, how certain things are perceived from the earth in terms of when we look in the night sky. So I'm, I'm not unsurprised at all. What it reminded me when I was, when I was reading up on this was just, how we as human beings assign so much value and create realities over a lot of these, um, a lot of these concepts that came about during the Bronze Age. I mean, I hate to say it like that, but you know, um, whether it be this or a lot of our religious beliefs and our cultures, um, they they still they're still with us for for this last two to three thousand years, and they're very powerful for us and very real for us. And so I think the the pushback that we see from those who take astrology very seriously, um, I, I can appreciate it because it, it would be similar almost from a pushback from those who are very religious if someone said, hey, we now have evidence that refutes some of the stuff that might have been, you know, seen as dogma, um, you know, for the last few thousand years on, on, on terms of religion. Because astrology, similar to religion, some people that take astrology, you know, in terms of a serious religion, um, they feel that there's there there there's 
certain things that they can predict from, you know, outcomes of their life, things like that. And so when you, when you question that, when an organization like NASA comes down and says, Hey, look, everything that you've believed all this time is now different. Um, you know, I can see some strong reactions to that. So well, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised the, of the science. I'm not surprised the reaction, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I mean, it, the, the, um, the changes, and, and if, if you dig a little deeper, there's a couple of things going on with this Zodiac uh, change, so to speak, or updating. And again, it, the mystical value that you can assign to the Zodiac doesn't have to be really based in fact. So I think that the Zodiac long ago took on more of a meaning than the actual position of the, the stars in the sky, the constellations and their location at a certain time. They've taken on much more of a meaning to people than that. Um, but the, 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 the mechanism in particular um, that does change over thou the thousands of years, not I think it's, it's maybe 25,000 years or so, is the way the Earth actually revolves um, it, it is not in a straight, just a ball spinning. Um, it, it's, there's a tilt. And so because of that, there's a cycle that goes through in terms of what, when we look up, what we see, the position of things. Uh, so it's just different now than it was in the Babylonians. So there's that, that the actual positions of things have slightly changed due to the, because just in the course of this 25,000 year cycle. But then also, like I said, there was the expedience decision made by the, the Babylonians when they said, oh, well, we can't have 13 constellations. We're only going to do 12. And so the, the, the 13th one is... Uh, or Fe or Fucus is the third, which is takes away from or it it, it con consumes most of Scorpio and, and some of Sagittarius, and then it shifts everything. So, but I, I think that as you kind of noted, I always point out like people throughout time have always been sure about everything. Like we look back and say, oh, they didn't know this, they didn't know that. But hundred years from now, two hundred years from now, thousand years from now, people will look back at us and say, hey, they they thought they understand understood this, they had no idea. So. Being sure about something is actually a way that humans deal with stress. If you know, like the the uncertainty that could potentially be out there, if you really acknowledge it, would be too stressful to deal with. So we we're sure of things, and so in and so in this case with the zodiac, like I said, I think it's fun. I mean, I, I don't see the need where, like it doesn't have to be completely accurate to 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 engage in the discussion or to to actually take to heart whatever you want to take from it. A lot of these things, a lot of the, the like you said, these Bronze Age concepts that we've really internalized have meaning beyond what whatever basis someone assigned thousands of years ago they have meaning beyond it and so that meaning doesn't have to change just because the the the, the definition of what they based it on or the, our understanding of what it was based on changed you know is zeus the god of thunder or whatever you know the the, the guy that, that strikes lightning down or is that just you know a physical um, reaction to the natural earth in terms of transfer of electrons. You know, you can, you can say either one if, if you're so inclined. Zeus sounds like more fun, though. <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely, the, definitely. That whole electron thing sounded a little boring. <laughs> yeah, I heard you yawning already <laughs> before I got the sentence out. So, but either way, I mean, it, it, the, the reaction, though, was the reason we wanted to talk about this, though, was just the reaction to that was causing people stress. You know, like people were, if, if you looked at social media, if you looked at what was going on out there, there was distress in the air when people were seeing this and saying, oh, what does this mean? Yada, yada, yada. And, and that's okay. I mean, that, that's maybe how people process that. But it kind of shows, though, how 
something that, depending on the level of meaning you assign to it personally, is going to affect how your body responds to the news. Like, because to me, that's not something that would would be a blip, so to say. It'd be interesting to me, you know. But it wouldn't be. But to someone like you said, that assigns a lot of meaning to that. That could be very. That could be very harmful to their stress levels and could cause anxiety could do could do, do a bunch of things and because of the the meaning that they assign to it in their life so you know we, i don't think we have to, to to go into that anymore anymore um you know but it was just an interesting look at something that inter they're, they're, they're the interplay between science between you know the the mysticism and things that go beyond that the unseen and and then also just how we view the things that happen in and around us and how they can affect our psyche. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 we definitely appreciate everybody joining us um, for another journey here. Uh, the depth we wanted to take today and, and look more inside it every now and again, you know, we like to, to, to be a little more introspective and kind of see what's going on in our own minds um, and in our own bodies and just try to, See, uh, see what we see and, and, and share what we see. And uh, you know, so until next time, I'm James Keys. I'm Tunde Romana. All right, subscribe, rate, review. Check us on Twitter, at Call It DN, Facebook. After we tell you, of course, that, that you got to be careful with social media. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Facebook <laughs> is, is facebook.com slash disruption now. And we'll talk to you next time.